0: uppercut podcast we are back it's just me and jeff for the night max is out on leave excuse me if i talk a little fucking wild tonight. Like watching a lot of true detective my brain is scrambled dude <laughs> so let's let's dive into this uh past week's card it really wasn't as disappointing as it was slated did you think I mean, for the lack of names, it wasn't a horrible card. I didn't think.
1: No, it wasn't disappointing
0: just because Holly Holm got finished. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I would have to think it's over for right,
1: dude. If it was, if it was a textbook Holly Holm fight, I mean, not gonna lie, I definitely turned that John off right after <laughs> Jack Gyllenhaal. It actually ended I mean, in like
0: I... the most anti-Holly Holm way. Yeah, a standing no, it, fucking ninja choke. The...
1: Yeah, she got she got choked doing what she does best. I mean, I'm sorry to hate on Holly Holm. She's a great fighter and on, but dude, her in her latter stages, this is the worst shit I've ever seen, dude. I hate watching her fight. I'm not gonna yes. lie.
0: The yes. worst. And that's how I was gonna open this up. Uh, Holly Holm took on Mara Buena Silva, Mariboeira Silva, running one in round two by submission, thirty-eight seconds into round two. That's what I was going to note. While I have not enjoyed watching her decline, I really enjoyed watching this fight and the way it ended. Like nothing against yeah. Holly Holm, but a standing fucking ninja choke in the main event. I mean, what more could you have asked for? Like, yeah, what?
1: I'm sick. I went to bed.
0: Yeah, I I fell asleep before this one too. But I still. woke
1: up to the fucking ESPN Plus fucking Dennis Rodman and shit. Your your program has ended. This I know what I had, I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I had to fucking wipe my eyes because I I read Standing Ninja choke and I couldn't picture what that choke dude, was. Dude, I was like yeah.
1: Dude, I was so prepared to look at my phone and see Holly Holm via split decision.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. And uh I gotta say this women's band weight it got a little new life breathe into with Bueno Silva getting this win because now we kinda have uh, A three-way tango between Silva, Juliana Pena, and Raquel Pennington, and no three of these fighters have fought each other yet either. So I kind of think this this division's going from super fucking boring to a little bit exciting.
1: Not only that, dude, there's so many rumblings, dog. I think Ronda Rousey might be coming back.
0: That's what they're saying, yes. And there's no shot Nunes is coming back, as of we know right now. I, I don't yeah. think she is. So, with her out, and if Rousey comes back, and if they fucking, if these three get to battle Rousey for the belt, dude, this, this fucking division's fuck gonna get some eyeballs. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> dude, dude,
1: this, it's, it's gonna be like a retirement home, but what the fuck's going on? I,
0: I'm wondering, like, if she comes back, is she automatically in a title fight? Rousey, I'm referring to.
1: I hope not. I would hope not,
0: dude. She didn't
1: have a good exit.
0: I know, but they might give her the legend treatment. She might come right back in. That was when she
1: was in her prime. I mean, number one contender shot. Yeah, but come on, we can't, we can't do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad we have a little new uh, breath of fresh air coming into this division because ones where fighters like Amanda Nunes come in, it just gets so stale so fast. Like yeah, I mean, we
1: were just talking about this shit. The division ended not yeah. too long ago.
0: Yes, and and uh, we're going to get into it a little bit later, but featherweight's for sure ending, I would have to imagine. Bantamweight's yeah. holding on by fucking strings. And uh, so what I was just saying about Bueno Silva, Juliana Pena, and Raquel Pennington, one thing that's exciting too, as everyone listening probably knows, they only average or little around two takedowns combined. So I think we're in store for some real fucking wars for that belt coming forward. I think yeah. this is probably and- exactly what Dana and the UFC wanted.
1: And I I mean, I've we've been hating a lot in this episode, but fuck it. Dude, any fucking new contenders that make fucking Juliana kick rocks before she can get another shot at the title, I love. <laughs> I love it. You're not a Juliana guy. <laughs> yeah, I dude. Is anyone after that <laughs> bullshit she fooled when fucking Amanda retired? Come on.
0: yeah she definitely lost a lot of fans with that one i don't i don't know maybe she was just in her own head that night i don't know what the fuck was going on with her but i'm assuming she's gonna get the next shot at the title against someone i would have to assume whether it's pennington or they're waiting for rousey or whoever i i'd assume it's gonna be juliana pena i would think
1: yeah sadly enough
0: yes so i mean there's highs and lows, I guess, as a women's band in weight. This definitely made for an interesting interesting going forward. Made it very interesting going forward to Holly Holmes No doubt. Pro- probably finally done. I imagine she's on about a one, two, three, maybe fight skid, and she's Watch him
1: giving her another main event.
0: Oh, my God. She's and then your
1: main event. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be the least-watched main event ever.
0: Yeah, and all respect to Holly, but her main events have been pretty bad the last three years. All respect to her though, but yeah, pretty pretty horrendous. Now let's hop into a little more exciting, controversial co main event. Jack Della Maddalena squeezing out a victory. Jack Della
1: Maddalena?
0: <laughs> squeezing out a victory against UFC debuter Basel Hafez. Hafez looked damn good if you ask me. He looked yeah. damn good for a debuter.
1: Yeah, but fuck it. I'm going to chalk it up like everyone is. Double cut. No way, that's. No way that's good on the body, especially for jack he he's definitely a little bit of a white bully I yeah.
0: mean, yeah, and i was I even wrote down I'm not overreacting at all. I mean, I don't think this is this could just be something we forget about in a couple of years if Jack della Maddalena goes on the streak again. I think this was just i what I th- what I took from this fight is Basso Chavez was about as dangerous as any of Jack della Madalena's opponents could have possibly been because he had nothing like he had nothing to lose at all. And I think that's almost yeah. more dangerous than fighting someone conservative. And you yeah, saw, no that. doubt, like at Hafez, I think shot for a takedown in the first like 15 seconds. I don't think Della Madeleine has ever seen that from any of his opponents. I don't even know about before the UFC.
1: Yeah. But, uh, and the, the other thing is Jack Della's power was still fucking there. He was rocking him. He had him hurt
0: bad when in the body too, at the end. Yeah, I think he was just hitting a guy with a stone chin. This dude, Hafez, yeah, did not seriously. seem like he could get dropped. Yeah, I can't wait to see
1: more from him. I mean, I hate that I keep taking it away from him, but he did go crazy with, for a debut against Jack Della Madalena. I mean, he did phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I think me and you were talking about this, too, with the, uh, the guy who fought Bo Nickel, too, like how they normally automatically give them at least like a three-fight contract for taking a fight like that. He actually yeah. earned his. He was one of the ones of late who legitimately earned it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and uh, so I was sitting there thinking, too, what did you think Sean Brady was thinking watching this? Because he wasn't originally JDM's opponent.
1: I can tell you what FanDuel's going to be thinking and what I'm loving is that it might be going fucking Sean Brady's way.
0: You're you're betting against him?
1: No, no, no. I mean... I gotta take Jack Della Maddalena. Oh
0: no. Come dude, on. Dude, I have to. Come, Come on. on. I like the Aussies, but I'm a a – dude, the Philly dude. boys, the Philly boys got it way more in the Aussies for me.
1: I, I don't I I've watched every one of Jack Della Maddalena's fights, dude.
0: <laughs> I, I mean can't. I, I'm a big JDM guy, but I'm sure Sean Brady was sitting at home licking his shops thinking I can beat him. Like yeah. I'm sure he thought that before, but I'm sure and he's I'm really liking thinking that now. News.
1: I'm putting a cheddar on fucking JDM and I think I think this is gonna, you know, fuck up the odds a little bit. Give me a little a little more bang for my buck.
0: Dude, I might have to re-download FanDuel just to bet against you. I'm taking Sean Brady, no doubt. And I think Dude, it'll be a now fucking war. you're making war. me
1: fucking second guess myself. You're not taking Jack Della Maddalena. I gotta
0: rebook it though. Yeah. You got th- it, right? I think it's almost an automatic rebook. Jack Della Maddalena called it out after the fight, and I'm sure Sean Brady wants to take it. I'm quite sure. Um I know I don't bet against any Philly guys. I would not bet against him, Petrosky, Joey Bodybags. I'm not betting against none of them guys. It would take it would have to take a guy from Baltimore for me to, vote, to fight vote against any of them. <laughs> like, I just I can't do it. But um, so what did you think overall about Jack Della Maddalena? Did you think his performance was still good after the double cut? Like, what did you think? Do you think people are just overreacting?
1: Yeah, because he also did some dumb shit where he went. Whipped- to finish and went for the guillotine like a complete
0: dumbass. Yeah, what
1: was the jumping guillotine time? about? I think he just wouldn't get out of there. I mean he he was obviously fucking dead from the double cut. I think he seriously just wanted to get it done with, and that seemed like the quickest quickest way at the time. Might as well hop on it. And yeah, but I I I don't think I think if he gets a full fight camp, he he's just a whole different animal.
0: Yeah, and the way his coaches were acting between round two and three, I don't think he'll ever be throwing a jumping guillotine again. They were yeah, fucking no pissed. <laughs> they were fucking yeah. pissed. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think maybe it was one of them things, like it would have been genius if he landed it, and it would have been like one of the highlights of the year, but the fact that he didn't land it, it just looked fucking insane in real time. Yeah, but the yeah, only no thing, doubt. One of the few things I was worried about JDM going forward is that uh, he did defend three of 20 takedowns against Hafez, but can he do that against a guy like Sean Brady? I guess will be the really – the difference maker in a fight against a guy like that.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: But, yeah, I think me and you, I'm sure Max too, are all rooting for the rebooking of that. I hope they put it on a big card too. I hope it's on a fucking pay-per-view. Or at least a headliner of a fight night yeah, or something. Yeah, it, it
1: should be. It should be on a pay-per-view. This was – he was supposed to be on pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Be cool to put it in MSG because Sean Brady's somewhat close to there, and MSG's just a big stage for everyone to fight on.
1: Uh, wasn't he trying to fight again in fucking Australia? Even though it's soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's within the next couple of months. I'm pretty Dude, sure he's that... trying to fight.
1: Yeah, that's Sean Strickland versus fucking Izzy Knight. Right?
0: Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it sure is. Let's let's talk about Boy Wonder up next. Twenty-one-year-old Fr- Francisco Prado defeating Ottoman Azatar. Four minutes and five seconds in the round one. Jeff, what do you think about this fucking dude, Francisco Prado? What do you think about his ceiling? What do you think about him going forward? Dude, I mean, he's an absolute fucking dog. Is he one of the better 21-year-olds you remember watching? Yeah, I I don't
1: even... I can't even remember who, who else really fucking, like, was... This high, like, seemed this fucking well-rounded at that age,
0: really. Yeah, like, the Chase Hooper train, I guess, but that's kind of dead now. Like, usually these trains kind of die off. And what was amazing to me is that as young as he is was – I shouldn't say, like, a lack of experience, but lack there of experience just due to age, is the way he baited that elbow was, like – that was some veteran-style shit. He, like, led with his lead hand – had Azatar lean down, open his guard up, and just fucking annihilated him with an elbow. I mean, if you guys didn't watch it, or didn't watch it live at least, I would definitely go back and watch it. It was fantastic knockout. Pretty sure he got a fight bonus, if I'm not mistaken. I think he got a 50K bonus, which is well-deserved for him. I think his ceiling is just, in this division...
1: Yeah, and also, also, I, I want to get back to the point that people are talking about an early stoppage.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: what what that really blew my shit
0: i honestly think people just scream early stoppage every week just to say it
1: like that wasn't even close to early if anything it was fucking late as shit that's
0: what i was gonna say it was fucking late if anything like i i don't know i think people like lose touch with the fact that these people are humans too and they can't just have their fucking brains beat in like yeah. as soon as even if they much, look okay, they're not <laughs> right. As soon as they're pretty much not covering their head, that's my point of view. At least yeah. it's over. Like if you're not covering yeah. your head, it's good as over. As to soon me. as
1: you're going fucking bobblehead, you're cooked.
0: Yeah, I I think this guy's ceiling is about fucking limitless. though, in this division, I mean this division is top heavy with guys similar to that, like unique strikers. Really don't have to have the best takedown game. All he really has to have is takedown defense. Takedown defense and unique striking is like the lead of this division. Talking about Fiziev, Gaethje, Poirier. I mean, these guys have made a living off doing shit similar to what Prado is doing right now. I think he's just, yeah, a limitless 21-year-old. I would expect to see a lot of fucking him going forward. I don't think he's dying off anytime soon.
1: God, this division just keeps getting fucking
0: better. I know. It's such a fucking stacked division, but it's stacked in a good way. Yeah, no doubt. Let's talk about a little bit of a surprise for me. In the preview, I picked against him, and I kind of thought, am I fucking stupid during the fight picking against him? Jin Young Park defeats Albert Duraev, submission 445 in the round two. These guys are both, I think at least, Pretty criminally underrated middleweight, especially a middleweight the division that really is lacking a lot of talent throughout the rankings. I think both these guys are pretty fucking good fighters. I know Albert Duryev got the, obviously got the short end of the stick this past week, but I don't know. Watching these two guys their last two or three fights apiece, they're some tough motherfuckers. What do you think about them?
1: Yeah, no doubt. and This is really made for like a great fucking brawl. It, dude that fucking dance after was so phenomenal. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, that was fucking sick. And like and the fact that Junyong Park is a boxer primarily, like he's listed as like a striker and he has three subs in a row is fucking insane. Yeah. Like this guy is so well-rounded. Dariaev just couldn't really find his way against Park. I guess because Park's a big body, too, is what it seemed like to me. But if Dariaev fights, like, another smaller body guy like he did before this, he's going to have success going forward, too. I know if I'm from, like, 15 to 20, I don't want to fight either of these motherfuckers, I don't think. They're fucking tough nuts <laughs> to crack, dude. I mean, they both... They're, both their striking's good. Dariaev has more of a wrestling base, while Jun Young Park is more of a grappling base. I mean, these two, they just bring it full tilt. I really like watching these guys fight, and I really think they're both underrated in the middleweight division. Yeah,
1: in a fucking division where the top doesn't really mix it up well.
0: No, not one bit.
1: Pretty much really. from 20
0: to fucking 5 is all, like, <laughs> as one-faceted as it gets.
1: Dude, 1 through 5 is
0: one <laughs> as one-faceted as it gets down there. Yeah, I guess, like, Vittori's been a little better as of late, and... Yeah, I guess there's really only a couple other Drake guys. Drake
1: is one-faceted. Ah, Drake is not really. Yeah. Drake is really mixed it up against Robert.
0: Hey, Brendan Allen. Is he Is he <laughs> one-faceted as fuck? Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. Brendan
1: yes. Allen might be. He's not beating a one-faceted allegation, I don't think. Dude. No, no, I
0: was saying Brendan <laughs> Allen's not. I yeah, think... no, I know. I think he might be. You think so?
1: Dude, he's a wrestling athlete.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know, but his striking's been picking up. I like Brendan. Yeah. Allen. I'm a sucker. Yeah, no for doubt. Allen.
1: I love Brendan Allen, but it's it's pretty pretty one trick pony fucking division, and these guys mix it up great.
0: Yeah, yes, they do. Jun Young Park should get a big fight coming up next. Can't wait to watch it. Jefferson, tell us about this fucking oddly enough, a women's featherweight. I wish they'd stop doing these fights, but. Tell us a little bit about Chelsea Chandler and what happened, dude. Tell us about the run heard around the world.
1: Come on, dude. (laughs) That was the wackiest shit I've ever seen in a fucking fight. Not gonna lie, this fight was fucking... It it was pretty boring. It was a one-sided fucking (laughs) cook fest. Chelsea Chandler talked so much shit before the fight and then to just start dipping like that (laughs) as soon as you get hit with one combination literally turned around ran full force into the fucking fence like she was fucking Aaron judge catching that ball dude that was wild,
0: yeah, and like I like she had a little bit this little bit to say about it on Twitter, like she was throwing flack back at other people, which I get you want to defend yourself, but I don't think she like realized how wacky that looked on like In real time on TV. That looks fucking insane. Like, it looked like it should have had the fucking, uh... Like, the Looney Tune running noise. Like, it was fucking insane, it
1: seriously looked like when they are fucking, like, running on air. And they look down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think Chelsea Chandler's... I I mean, she'll get more fights. But I think her luck going forward just kind of ran out. She wanted to do that tough, stocked-in, gritty thing. She trains with Nate and Nick. I think that was kind of her shtick. And she just ran into a woman in Norma Dumont who was just such a well rounded fighter. She looked to have no way to hurt Dumont. She, I don't, I just don't think she had anything to give to her whatsoever.
1: Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, when, the, <laughs> dude, that was just so ridiculous. I don't know where to go on from now. Yeah. Here.
0: I, I, all I can say is Norma Dumont's a hell of a fighter, and as long as she can start, I, I don't know what the deal was with this fight, why they fought at 145, but if she can start making 135, which she has before, I mean, I do not she can easily beat some women in the top 10. She already beat Carol Rosa, who is number 10, so, and she just proves it more and more with each fight. She's so well-rounded everywhere. She doesn't seem to have any weaknesses. I hope she can make the Bantam weight, and we can get another interesting person headed forward, like we were talking about earlier. I'd really like to see that division get shaken up. So let's talk about yeah. the last fight we're going to discuss was the opening fight of the main card, Nazim Sadikov, defeated Terrence McKenny a minute into round two. Terrence McKenney, I mean, I don't even know where the fuck to start with this guy, dude. I love him. He's one of my favorite personalities in the UFC, and I really thought him training with Kevin Holland was going to make like, a huge difference. And he completely steamrolls round one. Every judge had him 10-9 going into round two. And then I just don't know what happened. A minute in, he... He blamed it someone on the cage grabbing, and that may have been... I'm not a fighter. I don't know how much that drastically affects the fight or not. But he got submitted. Like, would you agree with that, at least?
1: Dude, did he with his arm behind his back? Are you kidding me? Dude, his fall from grace fucking cooked my heart, dude. Oh, me
0: too. I fucking love Terrence. Dude, me too. I was mentioning on the preview... The solo preview I did that when he's fighting at his best, he literally looks like a title contender. Like he almost knocked out Drew Dober, he's only been knocked out once. And but then when he's at his bottom, he just looks bad. Like losing the Saudi club get he's nine and one and like and then losing to Ismail Bonfim, they're not bums by any mean. But Ismail Bonfim just got worked. And like a guy like Terrence McKenney should not be losing to guys with names like this. In my head at least. I know it's MMA yeah. math, it's not the smartest math, but I just I feel as though he's on a different level than these guys he's losing to.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck happened to Parents. He like he just looks like a whole different person now.
0: Yeah, he, it's everyone he's had concern. not as
1: fucking confident as he was. He's literally like as soon as he gets hit hard he starts wrestling and he's not a great wrestler.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't
1: know what the fuck happened.
0: It's crazy because he was a JUCO champion wrestler, but he's just like, he's really only, like, all I've seen from him, he's decent at wrestling, but not really grappling. Once he gets into a grappling match, it's over. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this guy. I hope he can at least rack up some 50K bonuses going forward because I think he's, like, lost enough now that I don't even know if he's going to make it in the rankings. He'll have to win a lot of fights going forward. I'm glad we could at least agree, though, that I, the cage grabbing might have been annoying. I don't think it made made or broke the fight, though.
1: Yeah, but there was way too mu- too much fucking cage grabbing this fight night. Well, there was a bunch of cage grabbing.
0: I about to say, not only cage grabbing, but I can't remember who who was the fucking ref for this fight. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Mark Beltran, but they kept like smacking Sadikov's hand, and they just yeah, kept and smacking. And they didn't call
1: a point didn't call a point. That's dude. That happened earlier, in a whole different fight. There's a punching. Oh man, what fight was it?
0: I I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. But they just yeah, the whole fight night they just kept smacking hands. And did you see how many times they were smacking hands? It made it even weirder. They were just like oh yeah, sm- it was the Tucker Lutz fight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They were like yeah, trying, literally
1: the next fight. <laughs> they were trying
0: to fucking hack their arms off. I'm like, dude, either fucking reset them. And take a point or even if they want to take a point, put him back in the same position. I don't care, but something, Jesus Christ. Like just sit there and smack. Like I can't imagine how awkward that must be mid fight for the person on bottom. You're probably like, what the fuck is going on?
1: Yeah. You're fucking playing fucking hands with the fucking ref. Come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was very unfortunate for Terrence. Um, let's squeeze in one more before we hop off. Jeff, do you want to tell us a little bit about Mel Costa? What you uh, think yeah, about him? Yeah, dude.
1: Fucking Melky went. Dude, he looked fucking phenomenal, honestly. I mean, I thought so, too. He made Austin Lingo's like the vet in this compared to him, and he made him look like he didn't even belong in the UFC. Seriously. I mean, Melky just worked it. Like, he worked the strikes way much better. He ah yeah that was fucking terrible wording but he, <laughs> that's he, all right. he, mixed them, he dude he mixed his strikes up so well the fucking cakes were from absolute hell dude I, i'm i mean i don't want to hear maximus slander this guy fucking Melky ever again i'm tired of his bullshit you, you know <laughs> what's, some
0: you know it was crazy too i couldn't stop thinking i was like who the fuck did austin lingo just fight Nate Landaweir, and he kind of put it on the Nate train the first round, too. And, like, in my head, Melk is not as good as Nate Landaweir, but maybe he is. I'm not sure. 100 strikes landed and three takedowns. That's about as good as you can fucking get.
1: Yeah, he absolutely could.
0: Yes, we minus Max on the Uppercut Podcast would be very high on Melk Costa going forward. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to go ahead with a preview of this week's coming fight card and then maybe a little... uh, charm city check-in yeah no doubt let's get it <laughs> all right thank you uppercut podcast we are back with one of the more exciting previews for me at least i have been long awaiting the return of oh yeah i Dude, yeah, 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 yeah. i can't
1: wait dude
0: I have been very, very high on this motherfucker for the last two years. I've talked him up in previous episodes. He probably is my favorite heavyweight. I am a huge fan, and I am so beyond excited he's back and headlining the O2. I'm very excited he's back and headlining the O2 after his last unfortunate performance at the O2. I'm glad he gets to run it back at the same place.
1: Yeah, no doubt. and I mean, I'm kind of scared for him because... Honestly, who knows what he's going to look like coming back. And, of course, they got to fucking give him the bullock. Of course. Just fucking as soon as Marcin is on the up and up. Oh, let's give him fucking Tommy Aspinall.
0: I know. And it's like they they feed. They, I know they're trying to propel Aspinall up, but they fed him a tough motherfucker too. Not maybe yeah. in terms of fighting style, but like in serious like toughness. <laughs> he is tough as fucking nails, dude.
1: No, and fighting style, too. I mean, you don't want to face no fucking wrestler, no tough-ass wrestler. Yeah, big-bodied
0: wrestler. Yeah, I, I I. there's not enough for me to say about Aspinall, though, coming into this fight. I truly do believe he is championship caliber. I think he's not far off that as long as he can string together some wins. There's really no holes in this guy's game. I mean, there's nothing he really can't do. He's slick as fuck on the ground. His boxing style is so good for the heavyweight. He's pretty big body. He's six foot four with a 78 inch reach. I mean, Tybora also has a 78 inch reach, but he's a big boy too. Six foot four is pretty damn tall, even for the heavyweight. I just love Tommy Aspinall. They love him at the O2. They do the chant. I feel like the crowd's going to be electric by this point. I'm so excited to see what he brings to the table. What is your official prediction for the main event, Jefferson?
1: I hate to do it to the Pollock, man, but. Tommy
0: Aspinall is my fucking lock. Lock of the night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fuck it. I said it. I said it. I got to go. It was going to be Meatball, not going to (laughs) lie. But we fucking, we sang Tommy Aspinall together at the same time, so it has to be the lock.
0: (laughs) Yes, I could not agree more. I think it's a way safer pick than Molly Meatball, although I'm not really high on Storlanca, but we're going to get into that next. Tommy Aspinall, I think... Think there's way too many ways here for him to beat Ty Bora and not enough ways for Ty Bora to beat him. I mean, what what's Tybora's method of victory here if he could get it, like a five-round decision with control yeah, time?
1: Maybe, maybe fucking what you call it? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea.
0: Like I because seriously, it's,
1: trying to fucking wet blanket him for fucking it's hard for it's a main event too. It makes it five even round. worse for him. Yeah, I I don't see him
0: lasting uh, last with Aspinall. It's hard to try to wet blanket Aspinall, too, because he's so fucking slick on the ground. He moves like a fucking flyweight on the ground.
1: Yeah, he mixes it up so well.
0: Yeah, he's a slick grappler. I'm so excited for him to be back. I am a huge fan. I'm really glad Max wasn't here to say, I'm the resident Tommy Aspinall fan, like he tried to do with me and fucking Whitaker. <laughs> But I do wish Max was here to give his prediction because I really wanted to hear what he had to say about Aspinall. Let's yeah, hop no, in. That. Let's hop into. Oh, I wanted to talk about one more thing for you. hop to the combing, being that it's most likely Stipe and John next for the title. Who do you think Aspinall should match up against, assuming he wins this fight? I was either laying out Gan, making a France versus Britain matchup, maybe a rematch of Blades or maybe Pavlovich. What do you think? Out of those three, is the most practical.
1: Uh, since we've we got DP versus what you call it, if he wins here, if he wins in relatively quick fashion, why not Prokolovich versus uh, what you call it? Freaking Tommy Aspen all right, right, Right below what you call it. Uh. versus John.
0: It's two no, of my favorites. Like LeBron I don't wanna... said,
1: give him one more. Ah, I'm going to give you one more. <laughs> I don't want to
0: see either of them lose. They're two of my favorites. I think that, I, I don't know. Cyril could be an interesting matchup too, but I feel like Cyril's still got enough. He's got enough pool to dictate doing what he wants to do, and I don't know if he's going to want to fight Tommy Aspinall. I wouldn't if I was him. It's a bad stylistic matchup for Cyril, I think.
1: Yeah, I, th- I, I think we should get the number one contender, Paolo versus Tommy, if he does not in quick fashion yeah I, it's
0: nobody wants to see, because, I it's mean between them and blades right we're we're kind of hey, yeah. yeah, and, and blades just got I beat, mean, so it's like I don't yeah. know they need to throw yeah. someone at Pav, and I don't think Pav's knocking out Aspinall as easy as he did blades, I don't think there's no shot in that,
1: yeah I we gotta do that for number one contender
0: now what it be interesting to see is if that matchup were to happen is if John stays a- around long enough for one of them to fight John. Or is it going to be like a vacant title shot?
1: If John runs, that would be such a stain on on his fucking legacy. Like, the only stain. Yeah. I think he... Well, not the only stain, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Inside inside the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the heavyweight division going forward. I'm excited this guy's back because I think... Especially you. I know you're big on Ty, but he could just never string it together to be a a real number one contender. I'm excited there's another young guy we can root for. I'm really excited. Let's talk about this co-main event. I mean, do you think it's fair to say that this is only the co-main because Molly Meatball's in it and people love her in London in Britain?
1: Yeah, obviously, but I mean, I'm done
0: with all the meatball hate, Mike. Not I'm, I'm not on. even. I'm not even hating. I'm, I'm just saying: is it. this not a bad co-main event?
1: No, it's not, Cause, dude. She has like the best women's fin, one of the best women's finishes of all time. Uh,
0: yeah, I guess. I just in I see... front of this crowd already. Come on. No, I know, but I'm saying if this isn't at the O2, this is not a co-main event by any means.
1: Yeah, obviously, but I mean, we just saw
0: another Holly Holm main event. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> and to be and to be clear, I'm not a meatball hater. I'm actually taking her to win this fight. And I think she's been pretty impressive overall throughout her career. I mean, she took a bad loss to Blanchfield, who is like pound for pound women now that Amanda Nunez is going, what, probably like fourth or fifth? Yeah. Like, I mean, she lost to one of the best in the world in terms of women's UFC fighters or women's MMA fighters, period. I'm um, not very high on Storlanko. I just I don't know. This is might sound a little brutal, a little harsh. It's just hard to really tell what Storlanko is good at. Like she's kind of just average all around. I mean, she has like a decent wrestling yeah. base, I guess, but I just I don't see that holding up against McCann, whose takedown defense dude, has been pretty decent. It's been decent. Especially streaky. Molly's
1: going to be working off the crowd, dude. This is going to be fucking electric.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, Throw all your cheddar on meatball by knockout, of course.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I just in Storlanko, I don't see her as living up to this moment by any means. She doesn't really have knockout power or anything. I don't know. Like her, her method of victory would be getting Molly to the mat, and it's going to be really hard with the crowd rumbling, Molly coming in throwing haymakers. It's just, I think it's going to be a tough night in the office for. Her. Yeah,
1: and oh yeah, I forgot to say it, dude. It's a fucking, it's a, what you call it? Location fight night. We got to do the fucking Brit lay. We got to do all the Brits to win. Ugh. Oh, I'm trying Dude, to think. It, it happens. It happens too much for it, for the, for you not to
0: be betting it every time. It does. It's so
1: much money for it all does. the fucking hometown motherfuckers to win.
0: It does. I'm going to have a problem with one of them though. Towards oh. the end. And we'll, we'll talk about it towards the end. Let's talk about the featured fight of the night. Featherweight bout between Nathaniel Wood and Andre Feely. Very exciting, energetic matchup. Should be, I would think, 80 to 90% stand-up. I think it's going to be really exciting overall. It's really going to get the crowd into it. Nathaniel Wood is, I think he's two fights into featherweight now. He's a little small for featherweight, but he's hasn't really missed a beat since he's been up in weight. He has a shit ton of volume. I mean, his skill set—it looks fantastic at times, and then other times, yeah. eh. Same kind of same thing with Feely. It's kind of weird how these two both have that. Both these two kind of look unbeatable at times, and other times you're like, "What would the fuck is going on?" Would you say it's a little going touchy-feely? Feely? <laughs> yeah, I'd go that for. Her. Yes, <laughs> I would go that for. I, like, I think the, uh Nathaniel Wood being a two-to-one favorite in this fight is pretty accurate. Like, two-to-one favorites are kind of weird because it's like, well, is that really a favorite? Yeah, I think Nathaniel Wood is hardly a favorite here. I think really the volume and the takedowns is what's going to separate this fight, plus a little bit of leg kicks from him. I think he can get it done versus Feely, but I know he's going to have a little trouble handling the reach and height disadvantage. So we'll have to see how it pans out. Who are you taking?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the first of very many, many fucking splitting hair fucking wars that we're about to get into. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, fuck it, give me Wood.
0: Pause. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, neither of these guys, like, both these guys are really well-rounded. They don't have really a lot of holes in either of their game. I, It's it's really hard to tell who's going to win this one, but I'm assuming you're going to lay it to Wood, Pause, because you're doing the Brit lay.
1: Yeah, no. Well, yeah, yeah I'm I'm also picking Picking against a Brit in the future here, but I'm definitely throwing a little chatter on the Brit. Like if it it's too much,
0: yeah, it does hit pretty often. It's almost kind of conspiracy. Like, um, I wanted to ask you real quick before we move on to the next fight. What do you think about Nathaniel Woods staying at featherweight at only five foot five? You think that's a problem or no?
1: Uh, I'm not
0: too sure, honestly. I,
1: I feel like. He- Featherweight, you can kind of get away with it just because how like short Polkanowski is, and there's kind of like a what you call it there. I was just, I was just
0: gonna say the champ's five foot six, so
1: yeah, there's kind of a blueprint there, but he's also so long, I, it's kind of like a freak situation. Ah,
0: yeah, yeah, he's like a standout. Like everyone else, but also
1: Cejudo was tiny.
0: That's true. Like, did you see the picture of Volk versus everyone he's fought? <laughs> it's fucking yeah. insane looking. Like, everyone's like at least a shoulder and head ahead of him. So, I don't know. We'll see. He's looked good since he moved up to featherweight, so I'm not really too worried about it. I just think it's interesting that he's 5'5 five five and chose to move up. I think it's very interesting. Next up, we got one of your favorites, Jefferson. Middleweight bout between Paul Craig and Andre Muniz, Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, some of your favorites all time. It's bound to be fucking loony. But, you know, it's crazy, though. It's like, in terms of, like, outside of Aspinall, in terms of, like, implications and rankings, this is probably the next biggest fight on the card, which is kind of crazy to say, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely safe to say. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... Uh, Munez is coming in at around two to one odds, just like Nathaniel Wood, which I think is pretty fair. But this is also splitting hairs, too, because Paul Craig is a big, burly motherfucker. He can hit <laughs> you with some fucking rockets. Like, he can really lay yeah, it on. Okay.
1: You. Yeah, I, okay. But, okay. No, I've was, never seen that. What, what are you fucking referencing?
0: Well, because his takedown defense and offense is fucking atrocious. So he can lay it on from time to time. But I was going to say, he also can eat shots a lot not even shots. that
1: all he does is fucking lay on his back like fucking riley reed dude
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
1: i mean dude <laughs> i'm not no sissy. i'm not taking the fucking riley reed paul craig fucking he's got the coolest nickname for you know fucking cornish motherfucker how are you that big and just lay on your back
0: yeah you're, he's... Fucking, you're toast bud he is he's something The bear do is (laughs) something. So you're not laying Paul Craig at all. Dude, I will never lay
1: Paul Craig. What am I, sissy?
0: I mean, he's pretty much British, so you're kind of almost breaking up the parlay. Yeah, I don't care. He's corny. (laughs) Will you even bet on this fight? Should have been the question.
1: Dude, I will fucking kick rocks before I fucking put money on Paul Craig. I will put so much money on Andre Muniz.
0: So, what do you? Th- how do you think this fight goes? Will it be a Muniz clinch fest? What do you think? Muniz staying on the It feet? might be
1: fucking Muniz by flying elbow. Honestly, I mean, if Paul <laughs> Craig lays on his back enough, I wouldn't put it past him. But, <laughs> but dude, all right, I I think Muniz he mixes it up well enough. He's definitely good enough on the ground. Paul Craig is only on the ground if you bring anything to him literally you can just fucking kick him in the side for a whole fight and you'll win the strike battle technically so there's a path to victory and that was a path to victory for anybody who wants to fight paul craig because that's all he does no matter who he fights it's just lay on his fucking back like a beanie bag
0: (laughs) yeah i i'd have to agree to that paul craig's time in the rankings i mean he's not in the rankings but time to get back in the rankings is probably virtually fucking over I uh, wanted to talk about the rankings real quick. Oh yeah, you.
1: and both of these guys are fucking arm snappers, dude. They yes. both fucking completely snap fucking arms. Muniz yep. on fucking Jacare, and then fucking what you call it on Jamal Hill.
0: Yes. So 100%. I hope.
1: I hope Paul. Uh,
0: never mind. I'm not gonna say it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's. Dude, let's
1: just say I hope Paul gets snatched, brother. <laughs>
0: Uh let's talk about the rankings real quick before we move on to the next fight. If Muniz wins this fight, does he automatically jump Emivolve? Emivol's at thirteen, Muniz is at fourteen, Brendan Allen's at twelve, so I don't think they jump Brendan Allen, but does he jump Emivolve automatically? Do you think Muniz is better than Eimavolve?
1: We we're just talking about this. This is seriously such a one trick pony fucking division, oh dude. Yeah. I, I don't no know,
0: cool him
1: in so. yeah. I don't know you're fucking we're splitting hairs between him and Nemo. you might as well just have him fucking fight yeah <laughs> they both I, I kinda... fight
0: for the 13th rank, dude
1: after both getting them after both of them getting finished last fight like you guys can kind of kick rocks, dude you guys both got finished in the one way that you guys are supposed to win
0: yeah I'm with you on that I don't I don't think either of these guys are going to be fighting for the title anyways. I was just curious what you thought about them. But I, I think Mindy's is a little better than Imovolve. Imovolve yeah. put on a real stinker against fucking Sean Strickland.
1: Dude, that was bad.
0: I mean, a stinker, I can't forget. I can't forget. Like, dude, there's... it was so bad Sean Strickland
1: got a finish, it, and now he's about to fight for a fucking title, dude.
0: Oh, my God. Like, I And I, cannot... I can never forget fights like that. There's, there's always fights like this where... A fighter is so out of it towards the end I'm talking about Imavolf. They start throwing like random like cartwheel wheel kicks and shit. Like yeah. um it's like what the fuck is going on here?
1: Dude, uh, I mean that's the only plus side about Imavolf is he got Sean Tricklin a title shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Let's move on to the next fight and see if you continue your Brit Lay. We have Jai Herbert taking on Far Ziham. These are two guys who primarily use their kickboxing in the octagon. Both guys have taken some unfortunate losses in their careers. And there's one in particular I want to highlight of Herbert's. His loss against Renato, give me the fucking money, Moicano. He gave up five takedowns for over seven minutes of control time. And I believe that's where this fight will be won for Mr. Ziam. Because both these guys, I think, if you look back on their tape, I think both these guys' kickboxing is pretty equal. So it's going to have to come down to something else. And I think with Ziam and his most recent win having against Michal Figlak, having good success using control time and takedowns, I think he'll be able to implement all, that on Herbert. Great success. <laughs> Great success. I think he'll be able <laughs> to implement a, that on Herbert a little bit to edge out maybe two rounds to one, I think. What are you thinking? I don't think anyone gets finished. I'm thinking a decision win for Ziam.
1: Yeah, that's literally what I wrote. I said I think he has the ability to outpoint him. I mean, Jai, Jai's power definitely scares me a little bit if you're trying to do that game, but I, I'm definitely rocking with Ziam in this one.
0: Yeah, Jai definitely packs more of a punch. There's no doubt about that. I just think Ziam's a little slicker, and I was not too impressed with Mr. Herbert in his last bout. So I'm going to pick Ziam here. That would break up your Brit Lay, though, which kind of stinks. Yeah. Well, I'm still I'm still putting Cheddar on a Brit that that, <laughs> that,
1: that that doesn't matter for the
0: Good point. <laughs> this is where I think we're we're gonna split opinion on the Britley. Next up we have Larone Murphy taking on Josh Koulibal. Let me hear your taking first.
1: Yeah, I mean this one's gonna be real, dude. This is another one of them real fucking close wars that I was talking about. I agree.
0: It...
1: Kind of like what I just said the last fight. I, I'm a Rock with bow. Oh, okay. I am too. I, I thought we were
0: splitting. I, I
1: think it's literally just like the last fight. I think he kind of mixes it up a little bit better. And I think he has the ability to... Not even... He doesn't even really mix it up better. He just... He has that ability to, like, stay on the outside and just outpoint motherfuckers. Which I think is, like, definitely the way this fight's going end by decision. I have a feeling. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, like, I think I think it'll be a three-round war.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I I really like Kulibau's ability to just pick pick motherfuckers apart from distance.
0: Yeah, I had almost the same exact thing. I had Koulibau's very dangerous offensively. He's looked good as of late. Lerone Murphy, I feel like you never know what you're going to get out of him because he doesn't really fight a whole lot. And Kulibau's 82% takedown defense could be the difference maker in this fight. Because I think Lauren Murphy might have to resort to that at one point. And if Koulibal's takedown defense holds up, I think he should be able to edge it out. Even though Lauren Murphy physically and as an athlete is probably a better athlete, I don't necessarily know if he's a better fighter. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no doubt. Let's hop into the last fight we're going to review, which is on the prelim, is Mahmoud Muradov taking on Brian Barbarina. This is going to be my NyQuil fight of the night. I feel like these two motherfuckers, probably more than a lot of other people in the UFC, have been waiting to line up across from someone just like them who's going to bite down their mouthpiece and throw fucking bombs at each other, especially Barbarina. I mean, Murdoch has a lot of great finishes, too. These guys have really gotten fucked. I, I shouldn't say gotten fucked, but they've had to fight a lot of wrestlers lately. I'm sure they're both itching for this opportunity in the O2 arena. I'm taking Barbarina... I wouldn't necessarily bet Barbarina. I think he is a little better in these type of chaotic situations. I would just bet the finish. What about you, Jefferson?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is like one of them bets where it's like, the price is just a little too good not to bite on. I mean, we're looking at like Barbarina plus, what is he? Plus 245. He was at least when I checked.
0: Damn, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I knew too he was, it's, I knew he was a it's dog. too good not to bite. I mean, it's going to be a pump crowd. Barberina just eats off that and he's just like the ultimate definition of one of them guys who just get into absolute brawls and bar fights and uh, like if you bring him to deep waters, that's like his bread and butter. So yeah. he's like damn near the ultimate puncher stance. Almost.
0: Yeah, and then I watched him on um embedded for 286. He's such a fucking cool dude too. I like yeah. I, I have a hard time not rooting for him. He's just so normal. He just like hangs out with his girl. Like they went to I think that one was in I can't remember where 286 was. It was in a big city, to, like Paris or something. And he was just like so casual, like didn't care at all. I'm big big Brian Barberina guy. I hope we can get him on the podcast one day. Really enjoy watching him fight. Nightquil fight of the night. That's going to wrap up our review. Do you want to talk about Mr. Strickland himself taking on Israel Adesanya? I mean... What are you thinking?
1: Dude, this is going to be the greatest press conference of all time. (laughs) I might be more hyped for the press conference than I am for the fight.
0: Yeah, this is going to be Habib McGregor-esque. Like, I think it's going to be that level.
1: Dude, at least... I'm not. I don't know if it's gonna be that, dude. It's gonna be fucking that funny, dude. It's yeah, I was gonna, gonna say so it's not hilarious. gonna get
0: that much press, but it's gonna be that memorable for sure,
1: dude. It's gonna be so fucking hilarious. I and if Sean shocks the world, dude. I mean, oh my he's fucking he's God. so big, dude. Right. What if he goes out there and wrestles, dude? We we haven't seen him wrestle in so <laughs> long, and we know he has that in his back pocket,
0: dude. We and know
1: he
0: does. For the listeners, He's going to go out
1: there and wrestle.
0: For the I'm listeners, telling. if you could see the stream right now, it looks like Jeff just took a fucking X pill. His eyes are huge. Dude. Thinking Dude. about Sean Strickland winning. He has fucking Dude. teddy bear eyes. I'm so excited. Dude, me too. I hope. I fucking, I am not religious at all, and I will pray daily from now until whenever they're fight. Are they fighting in Abu Dhabi? No, they're fighting really? in Australia. Oh, in Australia, yes that strickland somehow wins oh my fucking good god please
1: i'm an izzy fan i know you aren't but i'm an izzy fan but dude i will give i will sell my soul for a sean strickland fucking championship reign.
0: dude are you serious (laughs) dude and then even better if he defends it and wins like he beats someone else
1: dude he will be calling freaking what you call it He'll be calling ESPN trying to get, oh, my God. He'll be trying to get on, he'll get on Pat McAfee's show, dude. (laughs) Imagine them having to talk to Pat. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Like, all I can remember from McGregor and Habib is McGregor saying, why don't you slap him then? When he's talking it when he's telling him he can't say, uh, alhamdulillah or ishallah and like yeah. praise the whiskey. Like, I feel like yeah, there's yeah. going to be something that memorable in this press conference. He's going to say something fucking ridiculous. He already did. He told him he jerks off the cartoons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, he said he's not. Oh my God. He already. <laughs> Why aren't you talking to him? He already knocked you out, dude. <laughs> oh my.
0: Oh, I'm I fucking I can't pumped. wait. I can't wait. I am beyond pumped. And, honestly, I I want to say, too, about this fight, I think it's kind of... With Dreykus being out due to injury, I think it's kind of warranted. You look up the rankings, I mean, who else? Like... Yeah, and it's about time.
1: I mean, it's been a while that Sean's been a damn pretender.
0: Yeah, right. And, like, the, like everyone else just got, like, flat-out embarrassed by Izzy. Like, Rob, the second time, was the only one who really gave him anything. Like cannoneer was one of the worst fights i remember it was fucking a church just watching cannoneer fight yeah. izzy vittori was a pretty bad one costa was horrible i mean uh, yeah i think it's only fair